The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. uncovered a two million dollar error we're gonna be heroes we're going up the corporate ladder it appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company somebody tried to smoke it past the wrong guy very very good work how would you two like to come to my house at the beach love to for larry and richard how are you this is a place to die for you have to kill them Vito. A little rusty, but it'll come back to me. What? Should we, should we just walk in? But what they don't realize... No, we'll stand out here on weekend. Come on, we're out yet. ...is while they're checking in... Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Bernie Lomax will be checking out. Oh, my God! What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I don't know. Lomax told whoever he's talking to not to kill us if he's around, right? Yeah, yeah, but Lomax is dead. He's not around anybody yeah. anymore. <laughs> I know that. You know that. Nobody else knows that. Huh? Oh! Push for it. It looks good enough. Let's go. Uh-oh. Larry, what? Huh? Oh. <laughs> really? Hi, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, just like last week, huh? Insatiable. Doesn't anyone realize he's dead? Hold the boat! Got him? Hold the boat! Vito, I'm telling you, Lomax is alive. Maybe Paulie is rustier than we thought. Ooh, Bernie, you're starting to peel. Gonna get you out of sun, huh? Is that the killer? How do I know, Richard? Should I stop and ask you? No, just drive! It's just Bernie. Weekend at Bernie's. Are we doing it again today? Oh, absolutely. You know we are. Great. We'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. <laughs> God, is this great or what?
All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. I am your host, Jimbo. And I'm your co-host, Kyle. Kyle, we are Kyle. in for a fun-filled weekend with this one. Oh, boy, a full weekend. I hope nothing bad happens to our co- to our host of the house, though. <laughs> that would be terrible. It's okay. uh, we'll make do regardless. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be talking about episode 147, Weekend at Bernie's. That's right. But, Kyle, before we get started... Do <laughs> you have a question? What would you if I found a dead body in the house? I'd call the police, Jimbo. <laughs> uh, but, Kyle, can you, can you just imagine... Picture, if you will. Me and you. Yes. Going to Denny's for breakfast, like we normally do. Yes. Come to find out that our favorite waitress is dead. dead. (laughs) Would we tie our shoes to hers and still serve to make money and tips for the day? She's a real living person who doesn't know anything about it. She's not too bad at all. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm not dead. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. You're dead to us. Jimbo, no. See, see, Kyle trying to serve breakfast. No. <laughs> Casey is trying to carry a tray. <laughs> Gotta get her Co- last tips. Hey, coffee? <laughs> she was one day before retirement. If only she didn't die and we had to parade her around. And <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, we have to keep this lighthearted. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's terrible. That's after terrible. last week's Rosemary's oh. Baby, I figured let's have a little fun. And yeah, we'll, yeah. So, Doing it back-to-back almost gives us whiplash. It's great. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't go, a little uh, transparency. We do record two movies at a time due to work scheduling and conflicts of schedule and stuff like that. Yeah, so like a uh, backlog a we usually bit. try to do a, a you know a lighter one and a serious one so um be, be prepared. Yeah, we got the serious one being weekend of Bernie's yeah, yeah. <laughs> the silly being yeah, Rosemary's baby one. silly silly concept <laughs> that was. So Kyle let's go ahead and talk about this will probably be a shorter episode. There's not a lot about this, but I do have a, a true life story about this movie. Yeah, yeah. So and it's funny. You are going to laugh when I tell you this. I believe you, Jim. So okay. take it away. We'll jump right into it then. All right. Weekend at Bernie's, released on July 5th, 1989, um, directed by Ted Kochev, written by Robert Klein, composed by Andy Summers, edited by Joanne, uh, Joanne E. Chapman, and casting director was Lean Stylemaster. Budget of the film was, uh, oh, no budget for the film on this week. Couldn't find that anywhere. But we do have the opening weekend earnings of the film at $4.5 million. Adjusted for inflation, that'd be worth about $11 million today. And gross worldwide for the film came out to $30 million. And once again, just for inflation, that'd be about $73.9 million. So although we don't know how much the movie was made for, we do know that was a pretty gifty sum, and I bet it made a good hefty profit as well. So good for them on that level. It was a $15 million budget. $15 million budget. And it made 30 Made 30 Um, So that very least is a break-even kind of movie for me. That means a little bit of money. It got a sequel at the very least, so we know that for sure. So apparently it made enough where they felt like it was good enough to revisit. So good for them on that level. Quick little plot summary of the film here. Um, convinced they're about to climb the corporate ladder, ambitious office drones Larry and Richard alert their unscrupulous insurance mogul boss, Bernie, after discovering that someone has been cooking the books. So, indebted to them and to them for helping expose the embezzlement scheme, the grizzled playboy invites the boys to spend Labor Day at this posh Hamptons beachside palace. However, he has ulterior motives. Then Bernie ends up dead by the mob for his sins, and the two friends find themselves at a crossroads. Should they report Bernie's death or keep it from the authorities to avoid implications? But for a stiff, 
Bernie is surprisingly lively. Can Larry and Richard pull off a miracle and survive the crazy weekend at Bernie's? Whoa! 80s movies. Um, that kind of... <laughs> um, Alright, so that's a quick little pause right the film. Um, move on to the awards. We have only one award here where it was nominated for the Duval Film, the Duval Film Festival Awards where it was nominated for a Critical Awards to, Dead che- to Ted Chekhov, the director of the film. One little nomination there. The Duval Film Festival Awards, actually, though, um, we did a quick Google search about that. Um, it actually is a um, an, a, a film critic associate. It's a, an, a celebration of American films that takes place in Duval, France, every year since 1965. Yeah, so that's how I made you look that up. Yeah, have a little fun fact there. Cool little fun facts. I like it. Can I say fun fact one more time? Yeah, fun fact. All right. Technical details. This film has a runtime of 97 minutes. Sound mix. This film was mixed in Dolby surround sound speakers, though it actually sounds really, really nice on that level. This is a color film. Aspect ratio is 1.85 by 1. The camera used was the Panavision Panaflex camera. It was very popular for the time there, especially. Um, filming locations for the film. A lot of this was filmed um, to an extent um, on location for a little bit. We have the Freight Island Hernet in North Carolina. Oh, not actually filmed on location there in, that, in the... Uh, what was it? The... Uh, Hamptons, not the Hamptons beach side, but around beachside areas for sure. We have Freight Island, Freight 8 Island in Harnett, North Carolina. Manhattan, New York City was filmed for the city shots. And also the Baldhead Island Ferry and Central Park and Fort Fish and Fort Fisher State Recreation Area up in North Carolina as well. So a lot of North Carolina being used in this film for all the shooting procedures. Cool stuff there. Moving on to the cast of the film. We have a pretty, actually, pretty nice cast of the film. We have Andrew McCarthy playing the lead character, played by Larry, uh, lead character Larry Wilson. Andrew McCarthy was also in the films Pretty in Pink in 1986 and St. Elmo's Fire, which we covered just this year on the podcast. Um, most recently, I think he was also on a few seasons of Orange is the New Black, which started in 2013. I think it still ran to like seven seasons almost, so he had a few years on there as well. Next up, we have Jonathan Silverman playing his co-lead, Richard Parker. Jonathan Silverman was also in the films um, Caddyshack 2 in 1988 and Brighton Beach Memoirs in 1986. Um, Next up, we have Catherine Marie Stewart playing the absolute bombshell, Gwen Saunders. Catherine Marie Stewart was also in the films Last Starfighter in 1984 and Night of the Comet also in 1984. Next up, of course, we have Terry Kaiser playing the titular Bernie Lomax. <laughs> Terry Kaiser, Terry Kisser was also in the films Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. And he was also in the film Tammy and the T-Rex in 1994. Maybe we should make that a podcast movie sometime, Jimbo. Tammy and the T-Rex, see how good that is. I have no idea if it's terrible or not. Next up, we have Don Calfee playing the character of Polly, also Vito's hitman for the film. Don Calfee was also in the films... The Return of the Living Dead in 1985, and The Star Chamber in 1989, respectively. Next up, we have Catherine Parks playing Tina, also known as Vito's Girl. Catherine Parks was also in the films Friday the 13th Part 3 and Aspen Extreme in 1993, the year I was born. I guess it was a snow warning movie, I bet. I'm so young, Jemina. <laughs> or, or old now, I don't know. Depends on the viewer. Next up, we have Elois DiGioria. Um, Eloise DeJoria was playing the character of Tawny. Um, um, DeJoria was also in the films Friday Night Lights in 2004 and Our Wild Hearts in 2013. Next up, we have Greg Salata playing the character of Marty, better known as also Vito's assistant in the film. Greg was also in the films The Devil's Own in 1997 and Rock and Rule in 1983, an animated film I've never seen before, but looks cool. 
Then next up, we have Louis, Louis um, Gimbalvo playing the character of Vito himself, the Don, you know, the, the mafioso, I guess. Louis is also in the films Airplane 2, the sequel in 1982, and See No Evil, Hear No Evil in 1989. Then finally, we have Ted Kotcheff, the director of the film, playing the character of Jake Parker, who was Richard's dad in the um, the, the film there. So he had that brief little apartment scene where he was uh, essentially telling uh, Jake to shut up and he'll beam up if he <laughs> keeps talking to him like that. Um, Ted Kotcheff is also director of uh, pretty great films, uh, including um, Rambo First Blood in 1982, Wake and Fright in 1971. So um, pretty impressive director there. And, of course, director of this film, too, which is reserved as a kind of a cult classic weekend of Bernie's, so... Good for him on that level. But that goes uh, my kind of uh, cast of the film there and with my kind of facts. So we can move on to some of the trivia notes you've got here, Jimbo, and okay, your personal uh, story. So I have a little bit of trivia. I have a, uh article that I'm going to read uh, from SlashFilm.com uh, here in a minute, and I'll tell my personal story, then we'll get to the thing. So let's cover this little bit of trivia first. So Andrew McCarthy was asked to read the script to think about playing the part of Richard. When he read it, he loved the part of Larry and got that instead. So they almost he almost got the other part. Um, I'll read that here. Well, I'll tell you now. Terry Kaiser's stunt double suffered a few broken ribs during filming. Most of the scene in which Bernie is dragged around the surface of the ocean, bumping into metal floating obstacles. <laughs> oh, yes. how much of that could they have done for real? I mean, there's even like you just hear the ping of his head bashing ding, against the steel ding. pins. There, I, that's what the article's about. So after Richard knocks out the man that Bernie fired, he informs Larry, "You can come out now, Rambo." Uh, First Blood, the first Rambo movie, was also directed by Ted Kochoff. George Hewing, who plays the gardener, wears a costume similar to the one he wore in Rambo First Blood Part 2, which he's the villain. Remember that's when he comes in and hits him on the head with the log? <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, that's funny. Uh, Richard suggests that they go to Jones Beach with all the syringes. This is probably referring to the infamous syringe tide in 1987 and 88, where medical waste, including used syringes, washed up on several beaches in New York and New Jersey, costing massive losses in tourist dollars. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. I, I bought no ground. I wasn't there for that story, about it, but I remember reading about it, and it was like, that sounds awful. <laughs> uh, Bernie's house was a set built at the south end of Fort Fisher Natural Re- Recreation Area. It was demolished at the end of the movie. Uh, as Kyle said, uh, Ted Kochoff makes a cameo as Richard's father. <laughs> Who comes out in his underwear? I'm trying to set the film. Yeah, because like, you know, like, if that house really existed, it'd be like really, really prime real estate. But this was going to be considered as a vehicle for the two Corys, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, early in production before it was decided to make the leads older. Corey Feldman. Oh, wow. Open interesting role. Corey Haim, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is inspired by a very low budget 1983 Hindi movie. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Jean Vido Something like that. A body count one. <laughs> I wonder who. Uh, the working title of this film was Hot and Cold. <laughs> That's terrible. It's funny, God. but terrible. terrible. Uh, the Lighthouse, the characters climb is Old Baldy on Bald Head uh, Island, North Carolina. Uh, the name, do you know the name of Bernie's uh, powerboat? Powerboat. What was the name of it? I can't remember. Premiums. The premium. Oh, my gosh. Because insurance. Because he's an insurance <laughs> Oh my God. Despite the film's title implying entire weekend at Bernie's, the movie depicts the characters arriving on the island home of Bernie's Beach House at 6.30 p.m. on a Friday, and the movie ends around late afternoon, early evening, Saturday. Yeah. 
So more of a yeah, a day of day of workers. Yeah. But then again, it, it kind of ends on the cliffhanger where he slides off the gurney and he lands right yeah. there, so they could still be there. And Hydrix and Student the sequel, obviously. According to Andrew McCarthy, director Ted Kochoff got a little abrasive at times on the scenes where they weren't not getting a laugh or felt completely flat. <laughs> Uh, according to Andrew McCarthy, the one thing that kept him entertained during the shoot in North Carolina was board games. Since director Ted Kochoff left McCarthy alone to improvise when he needed to, he brought his Monopoly game onto the set and plays off in the scene where he's playing with Terry Kaiser. <laughs> the character is pretty. They're playing Monopoly. hilarious. That's just funny. Okay. That's and he's got his, his yeah, arm hooked up and he's like waving to hey the people. guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's funny because when they first come to the house, everybody thinks Bernie's just... Wasted. wasted they, nobody he knows he's really dead. He's like, like, okay, he's he's like the life yeah. of the party. Yeah. Uh, in Brat, Andrew McCarthy's novel, he talks about the film and reveals he directed one scene in the film. Director Ted uh, Kochev's cameo as Jonathan Silverman's father who ruins his date with Catherine Mary Stewart. John Cryer uh, auditioned for both Larry and Richard. Uh, the film's original title was Heat Wave, <laughs> but had to be changed when Motown wouldn't allow for the rights to the song. Oh, man. That sucks. Uh, the Jonathan the, film. <laughs> the Jonathan Silverman Film Foundation rated this the second greatest Jonathan Silver film of all time. Kyle, look it up and see what the other movies. What's number one? It's probably going to be Saint Almost Fire, maybe. I guess it'd be Cat. Like, uh, uh, well, Jonathan Silverman was the other guy. He was not Larry Wilson. Uh, I know that's what I'm talking about. Jonathan Silverman. I don't think Jonathan Silverman was. It. Was, was he in Saint Almost Fire? I'll check. I'll check. I'll I check. don't remember. I thought it. Um, Silverman movies. So Maybe right not. Now. I'm looking up right now. Yeah, what? I'm, I'm looking up right now. Whoa, whatever, Kyle. And the Bernie's boat is a Glastron GX236. Uh, the girls' boats they pass is a Scarab 1. A Scarab 1. Looking up John Silver movies right here. In not movies. Look up his foundation. Oh, like his foundation. A, what I told you. The, what, uh, wait, what, what do you mean to say about his foundation? The Jonathan Silverman Film Foundation. Jonathan Silverman Film Foundation. Uh, they said this was number two of his movies. Number two of his movies. Oh, okay, okay. So right number two. Yes, I'm looking up. Film Foundation. I, I don't know exactly. Like the best film of his foundation or the, or the second film of his foundation? I just said it's rated number two overall on this foundation right of all time. Two. Okay. Flash uh, week. There's kind of no way to look, really look that up. Okay, forget it, Kyle. Forget <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. This is from SlashFilm.com, and it's an article by J. Gabriel Ware from November 5th, 2022. Are you ready? Ready for it. Only one scene in Weekend at Bernie's wasn't a real body. Was it? Wait, a lot of you died, but could somehow manage to still entertain guests at your exclusive beach house party. Mark up the price for your Porsche by 20 grand and sell it. And perform in the bedroom like you never have before, all while evading a hitman. That's the 1989 dark comedy Weekend at Bernie's in a nutshell. Terry Kaiser stars as a the titular character, which means he plays a corpse for most of the film. I thought it would have been a, a, you know, a dummy. And almost the entire film uses Kaiser playing dead. However, his co-star Andrew McCarthy revealed that there is one scene in which a real body wasn't used. In Weekend at Bernie's, Larry and Richard, two young professionals looking to climb the corporate ladder at their New York City insurance company, shows their boss, Bernie Lomax, that someone within the company has committed insurance fraud. Unbeknownst to them, the corporate is actually Bernie himself, who suckers the pair into coming to his party at his beach home over Labor Day weekend. It's a setup for him to hire mob boss Vito to kill them. 
However, when it becomes obvious that Bernie creeps in between the sheets with Vito's girlfriend, the mobster directs hitman Polly to take out Bernie instead. Larry and Richard discover Bernie's body at the beach house and hear a voice message from Bernie instructing Polly to not kill them while he's around. In fear for their lives, they carry Bernie's corpse everywhere they go. <laughs> this somehow fools everyone into believing that Bernie is still alive. Uh, Polly returns to finish the job again and again, though the movie is hilariously unbelievable. Uh, oh, one over-the-top stunt was impossible for any living person to perform. Man overboard stopped the boat. At one point, our protagonist tried to escape on a speedboat. The inexperienced boaters wildly swerve, narrowly avoiding collisions with fishermen and other sea vehicles. Bernie's body flies overboard. The corpse rides the waves and soars into the air. Of course, the onlookers think he's just showboating. His head clanks against the metal channel markers. There was only a dummy when we were dragging him behind the boat, Andrew McCarthy said in a 2017 interview with the AV Club. Serpentine, serpentine. He added a reference to a line his character yells at the scene. It's a slapstick comedy, but Weekend at Bernie's isn't everyone's cup of tea, a.k.a. Kyle. Exactly. And this particular scene turned off even one of the movie's own cast members. Catherine Mary Stewart plays Gwen, Richard's love interest. She discussed her vis- visceral reaction to the bit while reading the script. According to a 2020 Mill Magazine article, she explained, I read the script thinking, oh my gosh, this is so silly. How are they going to make this work? A dead guy? Come on. I thought it was a little barbaric having that scene where he falls off the back of the boat and he's being dragged along the water, uh, through the water and banging into boys and stuff like that. I thought, yuck, that's not funny. That's horrible. It was funny, especially the dinging. Horrible. Uh, and she thought that one scene was horrible. I wonder what she thinks about the ghoulish prank involving Drew Barrymore's granddad that possibly inspired the entire movie. Which what? I, I'll have to click on that here in a minute. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, personally, I take this film for what it is, an outrageous slapstick. I'm just glad the directors used a dummy for that scene. Someone could have gotten seriously hurt, or worse. And speaking of injury, Terry Kaiser's body took a beating on the set. Playing a dead guy for most of the movie didn't prevent Terry Kaiser from getting hurt on set. Quite the opposite, actually. His body was at the mercy of his co-stars, as Andrew McCarthy told the AV Club, Kaiser got really burnied up so much so that... He needed heavy medication and a stuntman to jump in for him during some scenes. Kaiser himself talked about being put through the ringer. I broke three ribs during the course of filming, he told Mel Magazine. I had a nerve in the back of my neck pressed down that was causing violent dizziness when they kept dropping me on the couch on my head. Yikes, maybe they should have used that dummy for the whole movie. Playing a stiff wasn't all bad for him. He used the role to have a little fun and try to make the crew laugh and his fellow actors break character. He came up with a signature Bernie smirk, a sly grin the character wears throughout the movie. He explained what happened after the ne- after the first time he did the smirk. The next day we go to Daly's and I see myself dead with this Bernie smirk and everybody starts laughing. He said that changed the whole character uh, of the thing. Every time he saw him, he was funny. The Bernie smirk is one of the hilarious details about the character, especially when it drives Polly insane after he kills Bernie for like the hundredth time. <laughs> I'm curious now, what does method acting look like for someone who's playing a stiff? Andrew McCarthy knows the answer to that. <laughs> so let me go back here. Let me click on this about the... I remember... The uh, Drew Barrymore Did a ghoulish story. prank involving Drew Barrymore's dad, grand, uh, dead granddad inspire Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, this is by Lee Adams from Slash Films. Uh, this is June 3rd, 2022. It's only natural that a place as storied as Hollywood has its fair shares of myths and urban legends. And Tinseltown that produced some real blockbusters over the years... There is the debunked rumor that one of the actors played a munchkin, took his own life on the set of Wizard of Oz, and can be seen swinging from a tree when seen. Or the claim that Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Disney. (laughs) 
or the sadly true tale of actress Peg Entwistle, who leapt to her death from the Hollywood sign. One of the strangest of these Hollywood urban legends involves Drew Barrymore's grandfather, which Kyle thinks is the cutest thing in E.T., remember? Yes. Uh, John Barrymore. The actor was one of the big stars of the early Hollywood famous for his roles in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Grand Hotel. He was also a heavy drinker uh, and a member of the Bundy Drive Boys, a group of over-the-hill artists and boozers who gathered to make merry, which also included W.C. Fields, Earl Flynn, Sadak, Kitchy Hartman and John Decker. Gene Fowler, a journalist who was also a member, wrote LA Times. Uh, we won't read that. Going through the article a little yeah, bit more. Uh, yeah. Browsing, browsing, browsing. Going so he passed away on June uh, 29th, May uh, 1942, age 60, of cirrhosis of the liver and kidney failure. The other, uh, urban legend tells us some of his friends from Bundy Drive decided to give him a little send-off after the fact. The earliest version of this story emerged in Earl Flynn's autobiography in 1959, claiming that director Raul Walsh and his friends bribed a mortuary attendant $200 to borrow Barrymore's body for an hour. They took the corpse to Flynn's house and propped Jack up in a chair, he recalled. As I opened the door, I pressed the button. The lights went on, and my God, I stared in the face of Barrymore. His eyes were closed. He looked puffed, white, bloodless. They hadn't embalmed him yet. I let out a delirious scream. Years later, Raul Walsh corroborated the story in his own memoir, perhaps understanding his version oh was more lighthearted than Flynn's. The two of us had a hard time uh, propping Jack up on the couch. Alex, who was Flynn's butler, said, Again, Mr. Barrymore looked terrible, but I insisted that he was just plain dead drunk. I told him to pour Mr. Barrymore a drink, as it might help to bring him to. <laughs> Alex did so and put the drink on the table. I then told Alex to make him some hot coffee, which might also help bring him to, and Alex proceeded to the kitchen. So, <laughs> it looks like that uh, urban legend. It's uh, true. It's in the 2020, uh, Drew Barrymore confirmed the story about her grandfather's excursion from the morgue on Hot Ones when asked if she, it was true. Not only yes, but there have been cinematic representation of that, a Blake Edwards film called SOB that's just brilliant fun to watch no matter what. And then I've heard things about Weekend at Bernie's. I can't know ever if... If that's even true, but yes, they did. And I will say this: I hope my friends do the same for me. That's the kind of spirit I could get behind. Just prop the old bag up and let's have a few last rounds. My gosh, you are <laughs> sick. <laughs> so, all right, God, now time for the true life story of Jimbo. Okay, Jimbo, go for it. Time you printed. I used to work for. I used. To, I used to work for this warehouse, right? Oh no! And the head boss over the whole building, dude, he looked just like Bernie Lomax. Mm-hmm. He even had the glasses, you know, that tint. Yeah. And so one day, I asked people. I said, and Felipe can clarify that he looks just like him. If you want to ask, I, him. I believe. So, you, I believe you. Uh, he came in from the sun and he had those glasses on, right? And I told one of the coworkers, I said, "Man, he looks just like Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's." <laughs> And they're like, no. Yeah, I said, yeah. So I, I had went out and I had bought these those little round glasses like he wears, you know, the little black ones. And yeah. I said, look. And I stood up and I and I was at the shipping desk. I stood up and I slumped down and I said, look. And I started walking like Bernie. Because <laughs> we get a Bernie Tuesday dances and I started yeah. walking like him. And here he came, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, yeah. Did he find it funny? <laughs> he was a very serious man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Praise man. But I mean, dude, I'm telling you, I they people were rolling. So I every time he was not around, I'd call him Bernie. You know what I mean? They would all just crack up. Looks just like dude. But when he caught me that day, dude, he said, what are you doing? I said, nothing, sir. 
Yeah. So Kyle, give us your thoughts on Weekend at Birdies. This movie sucks. <laughs> this movie sucks. I didn't enjoy it at all. Oh my god! Wait till we do the sequel. I didn't find week. almost any of it funny. Really? <laughs> it's just like these two lead characters are pretty awful dudes. I just don't like either one of them at all. Just, How can they be awful, dude? They found the $2 million error or $20 million error on their budget, but they were doing their job, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, they were doing their job. Uh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, Richard, Richard uh, John Silverman's character is just a, a low life, you know, like underachiever, and then Larry tries way too hard. And he's like, oh, no, I find this attractive girl. No, Better just tell her all the around. lies I can possibly find. What? No, Larry's the main guy, and he's the nice guy. And then Richard's the low life who doesn't work very no. hard. Richard's the one that has the girlfriend, and he tries hard. Andrew McCarthy's the one. Larry's the one that always goes around and tries to get out of doing you're stuff. You're right. You're right. I do. I know I'm up. right. I like okay, this movie, okay, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Richard's the guy who just lies nonstop to Gwen the entire movie, just the entire time. Is your aunt still okay? Like you could have made your aunt by your aunt. It's like, oh, you live. You like, oh, I, I live in an incredibly nice apartment that has a retro '60s <laughs> aesthetic. What are you talking about? Stop being. Oh God, what an idiot. Just all oh, the characters, all the kind of stuff, like too. And the idea of uh, letting uh, Vito's girl, uh, Tina, sleep with a dead corpse, like, ha ha, necrophilia, so funny. No! It's terrible! That's horrible. That's horrifying. Come on, Kyle. You didn't laugh when. No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, did you? Did you even let out a chuckle? I didn't when, laugh at this no, film. No, wait. So I know when, it's a no. No. When when uh, Richard and uh, Gwen are on the beach making out and like and he's like, oh, that's that's rolls. Birdie <laughs> rolls up with the tie right next to him. That was funny. That was funny, Kyle. And then he gets washed back out to sea. <laughs> Not like very funny, but I'll admit, like, like, <laughs> Terry Kisser's role is burning. burning. Like, Terry I, Kaiser. Terry yeah. Kaiser. Terry Kaiser. His role is burning. Like, he did try to add little mannerisms in there, like facial expressions or the way he made sure to wash up in a pose or the way he fell. Like, he always tried to do it the most funny way possible. And I'll give credit to that for being like, that's some creative acting on his part. That's impressive work he's doing. <laughs> Everything else in this film just drove me up the wall of just like, why do you feel the need to lie and be terrible people at every given moment of your life? You know, Kyle, I changed our mind. Instead of next week, we're going to do Weekend of Bernie's too. No. <laughs> you have a solo show then, Bernie. A show then, Jimbo. I'll tell you that much. I have uh, very little. I mean, or, or maybe the sequel actually is better because you have it's, to see it's the so sequel. ridiculous it finally becomes funny. Or is it where I'm like, this is ridiculous and just means In the sequel, dude, they put a voodoo curse on him every time he hears music he dances because they're, they're leading him to like a buried he leads him to a buried treasure that he has and Bernie's better treasure yeah okay. well they have a part where they the, he was the actually two a guy, pirate no, them two guys put headphones on him mm. because he ends up going into the underwater to the buried treasure <laughs> and they shoot a harpoon and it goes through his head it breaks the wall and he <laughs> yes Kyle it's funny and you think his movements are funny in this one? Wait till you see the sequel, Kyle. Gosh, you could have just done drugs instead. <laughs> just in my ass. Just, I mean, I, maybe that's the problem of trying to enjoy this movie sober to some degree. I just, I didn't see any of the funny of this film. I, I, I dislike this film more than I dislike Strange Brew. <laughs> just so, like, Kyle, why are you ranking it on a one, one, one out of ten? This is like a three out of ten. 
Hey, you got a three. A three out of ten. Uh, it's not unwatchable. I don't hate the movie. I just don't like any part of it at all. Kyle, I'm not saying it's going to win any Golden Globes or anything. You know what I mean? Uh, but it is it funny. Could, it went a Razzie. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was... It didn't even win a Razzie. Every joke That means it like, wasn't that bad. Every joke just felt like genuinely like mean-spirited or just like just rude. <laughs> like it's like... So are you saying the jokes felt dead to you, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> That's funnier than the movie. <laughs> Ever was. Yeah. Yeah, so just in general, this film is weak. I didn't enjoy watching it. I don't want to watch it ever again. This movie just felt like trash. I am making you watch the sequel. Just some real, just some real, like, bottom of the barrel 80s movie that, like, man, people hold this in way too high of regards for a cult classic because this is disposable at best. Look up Rotten Tomatoes and see what this says about Weekend of Bernie's. What's the score? I want to know. Audience score. I bet it's something like stupidly high because people had poor <laughs> I don't know. in the 80s. But I'm I am going to go on and go give you my thing. I think it is a fun movie. I think a lot of times people take things too seriously in Hollywood and this movie is pointing out all those things. I don't think it's pointing out anything like that. Well, you're wrong. Like, ah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Come on, pull up the link, pull up the link, pull up the link. It's loading up right now. Uh, it has a audience score of 57% and a tomato meter of 54%. Thank you. Half of critics thought it was Thank all right. You. Half of audience. So just it. like us. Half of us think it's good. Half of us think it's good. Uh, half of us are right. I'm yeah. going to say I'm giving it at least a 6.5 because I laughed so hard. When he rolled up on the beach, Just the, the ocean just brought him in like, whoop, and he's just looking up with that smirk. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not break character if you were Jonathan Silverman sit there and see that guy roll up. I bet this film was fun to make. Oh, I, bet I, bet it was. It was. I bet it was a lot more fun to make than actually watching it. Uh, <laughs> like, I get it. I know not to take it seriously. I know this is slapstick, but I just think I don't think it's good slapstick. Oh, either. God. It's, I, it's it's up there, man. I, yeah. I can't help you don't like to have a good time when you watch movies. This is funny. This is Weak, weak sauce. Oh, I can't believe it, Kyle. Okay, but that's how we kind of feel about it. We're opposing opinions on this one. Well, I mean, it's okay to disagree. Let me just say the millennial didn't like it. That's all I got to say. Right, right, right. The boomer liked it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they they hit a dead guy with a buoy. I'm sorry, Kyle. I was gonna say no, no dummies were injured during this film, but I after reading, I was injured for watching it. <laughs> Now look at us. See how much fun we're having. According to, uh, after what we just making recorded fun of the fact it's more fun than watching. Uh, you know, Rosemary's Baby. You yeah. know, this is a lot lighthearted. Well, it's just like video games. When you can only enjoy it with friends, it's not a good video game. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I think we're coming up to a close. Okay. <laughs> if you would like Kyle to watch Weekend at Bernie's Two with, so he has to be endured through a better Weekend at Bernie's Two is probably you have superior. one random person say yes, and that would be all justification you need to force them to be upon me. This is true. So I don't care if you're random. I don't care if you're an every week listener. Say yes, you want Kyle to see this on the Facebook page, and I'll make Kyle. I'll and if you leave an iTunes review saying. Oh, yeah, I leave an iTunes where you say, Kyle, watch Weekend of Bernie's 2, and Kyle will shave his eyebrows. No, no, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) my eyebrows are staying pure. Just so so everybody knows, we were, uh, we did make 70, uh, I think 70-something dollars for the uh, Connor Emery Epilepsy Foundation. Um, So, if we would have hit 100, Kyle was going to lose those eyebrows, so... Uh, we were close. We were real close, and he was worried. That's what I do uh, at the live show. So um, 
well, I'm sorry, Kyle, you didn't enjoy this movie. I thought it was, after watching Rosemary Baby, I thought it was a, 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 an uplifter. I didn't watch them back to back. Oh, well, that's your problem. <laughs> so you would have enjoyed this a lot They're more. They're a great combo. You go to the drive-in theater, they have Rosemary's Baby, Weekend at Bernie's, just back to back like that. Weekend at Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Weekend at Rosemary's Baby. Oh, boy, that's a bad movie. <laughs> well, Kyle, I'm sorry you didn't like this movie, but I'm sure we'll have some more bombs that you pick. Hey, I thought it was good, so... <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, if you want to follow us on the Facebook group, it's the Tragedy of Cinema podcast group on Facebook. Um, if you want to leave us an email, it's the Tragedy of Cinema at gmail.com. Kyle, any last words before um, you lose your eyebrows? Make sure you can also grab it on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all those oh, yeah, places too. Yep, so we got all the fun stuff there, and we post some stuff all the time. All right, Kyle, so, let me ask you a question. Oh. This is... I didn't mean to. Let me ask you a question. Phil. When I do the TikToks and I put one out for Rosemary's Baby and I put one out for Weekend at Bernie's, which one do you think will have more views? Weekend at Bernie's by far. The week when you come back. Weekend at Bernie's by far. By 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 a metric of ten. By a metric of ten. If there's a hundred views of Rosemary's Baby, there'll be a thousand views of Weekend at Bernie's. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. You know why? Because it's funny, Kyle. On a very on, on the basis level, it is meant to have fun. Rosemary's Baby is not to have fun. Just as TikTok is meant for fun, it will have more responses from Weekend at Bernie's. No one wants to talk about Rosemary's Baby on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, I think this episode is coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And finally, <laughs> cut. <laughs>